2: Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Secure the Insecure. This is the podcast where I sets okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. Yesterday entered Love Island on day 12, but although a bombshell, she came across as an OG. She was respectful and loyal. She twerked and worked, and as a nation, we fell in love with her, rooting for her to find love. After brief links with Billy, Josh, Jay, and Jax, it was towards the end of the series that we finally saw her couple up with Jamie, who she left the villa with a week before the final. So, to look back at her Summer of Love 2022, I'm delighted to welcome to Security and Secure, Denika Taylor. Hello, Denika.
1: Hello, thank you for having me on.
2: Well, you were my favourite islander this year.
1: Oh, stop it. No, thank you. When people say that, I'm like. Really? I'm like, because I feel like I never. Seriously, me? Yeah, me, really. Yeah, because I think I always sort of still felt like the bombshell. So, like, sometimes I'm like, oh no, Danica, like, you were in there, like, a significant amount of time. Like, you were one of the main girls. And I'm like, oh yeah. And it's like, oh, cool. I'm glad that people actually got to see me for who i was do you know what i mean and like loved me for me so there thank
2: you i think it is very much loving you for you because mm. you reminded me that that entrance you did i've never <laughs> forgotten and it reminded me of georgia steel mm. that confidence yeah just... and being that young mind but almost like an old soul already
1: yeah oh 100 percent. i feel like all my life i've always been told like you're so mature for your age and it's been like that since i was probably about 14 but i think that's probably just down to like life experience and like the way my mum's brought me up very confident larger than life but you know i'm still i still got that youthful youthful side to me which yeah very it's literally like georgia steel like she was the same
2: was, that confidence that you have yeah. it's very extroverted yeah you know, we sort of the twerking for example you are yeah. very extro- <laughs> Have you got an introverted side that that we didn't see?
1: Definitely. I think I've got, like, multiple sort of characteristics that make up my personality, you know? I feel like Jamie, he's got to see all those sides and people who are really close to me get to see that. You know, I do have my days where I'm just very chill, just calm, don't want to do a lot, just, you know, just zen. I can be zen, believe it or not. And then I also have, you know, the emotional side, which you might not have seen a lot on the show, but you do see bits of me crying and that is quite a a big part of me you know I'm very emotional and I feel like I feel for a lot of people got a lot of sympathy and empathy for people there's a couple of sides to me it's not always crazy high energy um even in my audition I remember them saying like is it always like crazy like you're just on the on the go and I was like no like I have these chill sides and I can have these really deep meaningful conversations you know that's what I went in there to look for someone that could like bring out the bubbly side but somebody who could also have that meaningful deep you know conversations sort of with so
2: what does a deep conversation mean to you because like you said you've got that empathy and it's quite interesting at your age to have empathy because you're at the beginning of your 20s i'm at the end of my 20s
1: Mm.
2: empathy at your age when you've just come out of university isn't normally there just because life takes over and you're always looking for the party and the fun
1: of course yeah so where
2: does the empathy come from
1: um just like background you know i feel like my mum the way she's raised me you know single-handedly she's just she's just raised me to just have all the emotions and to really feel for people and actually be grateful for what I've got and where I've come from and remember I am very blessed that I am as confident as I am and that I am a go-getter and I I get up every day and I feel the way that I do you know because not everyone feels like that so I feel like when I've also watched, like, friends and family that are close to me who have maybe suffered and, you know, with mental health and maybe aren't quite as happy-go-lucky as I, you know, you really have that time to go, you're so lucky and you're blessed to be who you are. Um, and I just think it's just come from that, really. And also, yeah, like I said, I've come, from, I've come from a small town, you know. I've not come from a lot. I haven't come from money. So I feel like I'm always, you know, I'm always looking at other people and thinking, wow, like you are still lucky, even though you've not come from a lot, you're still very lucky that you've come from what you have and your mum's done the best for me, do you know what I mean?
2: You've spoken a lot about your mum, what about your dad?
1: So, I don't know my dad at all. I've never met my dad. If I'm actually being honest, I don't actually think my dad knows that I actually exist, which is it's quite funny. Like, every time I say that to people, people are like, oh my God, like, are you okay? Um, this is something that I've just, you can't, I feel like you can't ever miss something that you've never had. So, like, to me, it's normal. It's just so normal that I don't know my dad. I don't have that side of my family. But, yeah, no, he just went. As soon as my mum announced she was pregnant, he just just vanished. So, yeah.
2: So is his name on the birth certificate?
1: No, I don't think so. No.
2: Which is very interesting, because if it was... Yeah. ...and you never knew him, now that we've all got social media... I know. ...you'd be going, well, let's say his name's, I don't know, Adam Smith. You'd yeah. be going, there's a thousand Adam Smiths. Which one is my well, dad? Who do I like?
1: Yeah, I mean... Obviously, the conversation with my mum's always come up like, do you want to know him? Do you want to find him? And I'm like, do you know what? No, I actually don't. No. I think my mum's done an incredible job of bringing me up on her own and I don't need anybody that didn't want to be there in the first place. And I think, again, going through what I've been through, you know, I've had losses in my life from family. It just makes you realise, like, no, if you wanted to walk out when you did and leave my mum to raise me single-handedly, then I've not really got the time of day for whoever... My biological father
2: is. (laughs) You're right. But also, genetically, there'll be certain things that trigger you Mm. because of his genetics. So, we'll talk about mental health in a second, but there'll be certain attributes that you've got that have come from his side. Have you ever had to explore it, like through therapy, for example, where you've had to delve deep, but actually you've hit a block because you don't know that side?
1: Not really, no. I think because I've been brought up by my mum and it's been just my mum you know we've got the most incredible strong bond I've almost become very like my mum like I don't really see many sides of me that I wouldn't go oh that makes sense to come from my father's side you know what I mean I feel like everything that I I am as a person is it resonates with my mum and I feel like she's kind of given me that I've never really had that moment where I thought oh that must be part of my dad in me and where do I go from here do I delve deeper like I've just never really had that again maybe that's because I'm just such a confident happy kind of girl like I just don't really think about these things I don't think too deeply into like oh like I wonder why I am the way I am because I think I just accept who I am and my mum's always made me believe that I am I'm beautiful the way I am do you know what I mean I feel like I don't really delve deep into things that I'm like oh I get it. It would be interesting to know that side of my my family, but I think, like I said, when you go through losses in the family that you've already got, that you know that that connection. He's just a, a stranger to me. I don't. I don't know him. I don't know anything about him. And and my mum's daughter thrown through. So, yeah.
2: But it's good that it. It's not good, but I suppose in a way it's more beneficial that he walked out on your mum, when you were very young and before you had those experiences because the attachment to like the fear of abandonment for example Mm -hmm. you never had to face you've never had to go through because you don't know what it's like and you're not thinking well I've seen my mum not have someone so I'm not gonna have anyone you're like you've wanted to find love still you've not thought love doesn't exist
1: no I think that's you've literally hit the nail on the head I think because I didn't know him I've never had that like that feeling of loss, the sense of loss. Like, to me, it's just normal just to have my mum, you know. It's not a weird thing to be like, oh, where's my dad? I mean, of course, you know, growing up, you know, you'd see friends that would have mum and dad and you would be like, oh, you know, like, wonder what it's like. But I think my mum's done such an incredible job of bringing me and my sister up that I just think I've just never really felt the loss she's always done times two. I don't have that that fear of abandonment or issues with finding love, whereas I think my sister, I mean, I'm sure she won't mind me saying, but we've got different dads and her dad was in her life. And then he's so she feels that and you can if you was to see both of us, you you could you'd be able to know that she does maybe have that kind of, yeah, maybe fear of abandonment, you know. And I think it is it's it's sad and it's unfortunate, which is why I'm grateful that actually my biological father did walk out when he did, because I've never had to sort of face a loss from that side, if that makes sense.
2: How did you find growing up, though, knowing your sister had a different dad, but that at some point in time would have been a very, very happy relationship with your mum, your stepdad?
1: well not yeah, married no
2: not married so Mum, mar- her boyfriend very loved up they have a child yeah that's their safety home and then there's me who's just got a mum.
1: yeah um i think i was just like he took me on a, as his own you know he did at the very beginning but he was only really in my, my sister's life for like two solid years and then he's just been dipping in and out ever since to me I think is so much worse than not knowing your your biological father at all because I really see that it does affect my sister sometimes um and I think she has a lot of resentment towards him and it it, it does take its toll on people you know um but yeah I think I never felt that you know, oh, I've just got the mum. I At the time, you know, I was young. I think I was about six years old when I, when my mum sort of said, you know, oh, this isn't actually your biological father, you know. And it's just something that I, just, I don't I, I don't know what it is. I just, I think when you don't suffer with mental health, you don't really deep things as much. I think it's sort of almost water off a duck's back. Like, yeah, I can get upset. And sometimes, you know, you get a bit down. And, but when you don't have that sort of, mental block and having the mental health side of things you just don't you kind of just you just sort of brush it off after a while and it's just just my life it's just what i'm used to really but no never felt um out of place my mum's always done a great job of loving me and my sister equally so
2: she's done the role of both Mm -hmm. and so you've had your dad walk out Mm -hmm. you've had your sister's dad walk out Mm -hmm. growing up what was your relationship with guys like um And I'm not talking sexually and I'm not talking about that, I'm talking about just Um, in general being around men.
1: Just, yeah, just, I think just normal, because I had um, my grandad and my uncle who kind of were like my father figures. So I think maybe that's why I never really felt the loss, because I always knew my granddad, especially was, you know, he helped my mum out. Because my mum was a single mum, you know, she, i not come from money, my mum did struggle, you know, there's no denying that. So my granddad was the one who sort of was that, the support that I should have had from a father. And, yeah, I think it's one of those things. I never really felt weird around men or a certain type of way, I think, because I had other male role models in my life that did show me that love.
2: Your grandpa, you talk about in past tense.
1: Yes, yeah. So my granddad is um, no longer here with us. And, again, this is sort of, as well, it links into sort of the mental health side of things because um, I actually did lose my granddad to suicide. It was a knock on effect after losing my uncle. And I think it was it was only six weeks apart. Um my uncle passed away around Christmas time, I think it was the twenty seventh of December. So it's it's always a very raw time. And my mum and my uncle, you know, they were siblings. They were incredibly close, just as me and my sister are. And he hadn't he didn't have any children and he didn't have a partner at the time. So he we were his family, me, my mum, my sister and my granddad we would all go on holiday together. Like we were his family so when he passed away um, which was also linked with mental health um, six weeks later my granddad because of how close him and my uncle were he decided to take his own life and it all revolves around sort of the mental health side of things but yeah so my granddad unfortunately is no longer here when he was here he did so much for me and my my mum and my sister that I think sometimes people you know think it's quite selfish or they get angry with things like that and I think it's for me, I could never be angry that he did what he did because when he was here, he did everything he possibly could for me, my mum and my sister. And, you know, mental health is a huge thing and you it's not something that can just be switched off.
2: If you are affected by what you've heard, samaritans.org.uk 116123 is the phone number. If you are affected by mental health or suicide and you've been triggered by what Danica has just said, it's really important you seek help, samaritans.org.uk uk. I'll call them on 116123. Did your grandpa say goodbye to you before he took his life?
1: Or? Um. So, I, naturally, I think within the six-week period, it was it was a lot. You know, we'd lost my uncle. It had just been Christmas. My granddad and my nan are, were, were, have been separated for many years. So, you know, I had obviously, like, my nan losing her son, which was hard. But then, it, yeah, it was just, it was a lot. You know, my nan lost her son. My mum lost her brother. And then my granddad had lost his son and his best friend. They actually lived together and they were inseparable. You know, they were like Tweedledum, Tweedledee. So, yeah, there was just a lot. You know, my granddad was, wasn't very well at the time. He had pneumonia. When it happened, my mum had to go break the news to him whilst he was in the hospital over Christmas time. There was a, it was a lot. There was a lot going on. I think it was just crazy.
2: What do you think your grandpa would say to you now if he saw you on Love Island this year?
1: He would be incredibly proud of me. Obviously, I don't want to get upset, but, like, yeah, he'd be so proud of me because it was always not a dream, but, like, I've always been an entertainer, a performer, and to see... I think if he was, you know, watching down on me to see me, actually, you know, I made it. I've come from a small town, you know, really small family, not a lot of money, living, you know, a dream, being on TV, which is what I've always wanted to do. I think he would be immensely proud. So, yeah, everything I do, I do for my family because of what I've been through. So, yeah, very proud. I'm sure he'd be very proud of me.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. We're good. (laughs) Let
2: the tears trickle. It's absolutely fine. It's fine. It's fine you mentioned the fame and the dream was always to do tv yeah i've watched your vlogs that because most <laughs> people what happens is they come out of a show and then they get into and YouTube. and then they do it yeah you're on the other did your youtube different hairstyle. style yeah same voice yep. and uh you did the vlogs a couple of years ago i uh, did packing yeah. with the new car yeah here's what my suitcase Going to into ibiza yeah I did
1: quite a couple didn't i yeah where did it? the uh
2: fame come from what why fame
1: do you know what i honestly think just firstly the way i am as a person my personality you know i've always been a I'm a born performer that's the way I can describe myself you know when I was one I was first birthday party I was bopping I was dancing you know my mum's always just said you know you've just got this side to you that's just you just want to entertain you just want to larger than life like not necessarily center of attention but you just want to dance and just be silly and just give people that entertainment you know and yeah I think I've always reached for the stars and you know in life fame as people would say is it's not the ultimate goal for everybody but you know it's you you become somebody you're you're memorable and I think I've always said like I'd love to just be to be known to be memorable because I feel like I have done myself incredibly proud like I said coming from the background that I have I would love to be able to show to people that you can no matter who you are where you've come from money no money dad no dad you can achieve your dreams. You can be who you want to be in this life. And I think it's just, yeah, looking up to, you know, celebrities. I've just, thought I don't know. I, d- I just think I've always just, it's just been something that I've always been drawn to, you know. And also I want to give my my mum the life that she deserves after giving up everything to bring me and my sister up. So fame kind of, it gives you that platform and, you know, this ability, the money to sort of be able to provide that life for somebody. So, yeah, I think, I don't
2: know. What's interesting about you, Danica, is you've got, almost chase for fame mm. you've got the dancing you know mm-hmm. we know you can twerk we've seen that <laughs> Yeah. there's and it's not all attention seeking it's just you've got the gift of the gab, and you're being seen mm. and then everything you've said about your childhood there's this weird formula almost of needing that attention mm. but then gaining the attention but then actually being complacent with that attention, rather than thinking, I need more, 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 Mm more, you're very like, I'm absolutely fine. I've got what I've wanted already.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say me doing Love Island, obviously, yes, you know, I did go on the show for the experience and yeah, to find somebody, you know, I think maybe this as well ties into childhood. I think because I never had that father figure, I do, I get drawn to relationships and that sort of, maybe that feeling of somebody wanting me and loving me and... I think over the course of a couple of years when I was in I was in a long term relationship I was in a 6 year relationship before I went on Love Island you know um which is quite crazy for the fact that I'm 21 um but I just think it's down to the fact that I've maybe crave sort of that sort of one on one love from a man I'm mm. not sure maybe it is I feel like there definitely is like a psychological point to that why I am a relationship kind of girl yeah I went on Love Island for those reasons but also it was it was a springboard you know it is and i think everybody that goes on the show nowadays like we all know it is it's a tv show tv gives you coverage and it, it was a bit of a springboard for me so i think yeah i've achieved what i wanted to achieve but this is for me just the start that is you know this is well i hope it's just a start anyway
2: <laughs> is it a bad thing that's a springboard you know we look at someone like danny dyer yeah a uh, little danny dyer and we're like well we all know big danny dyer yeah of course and she's famous then you've obviously got Gemma Owen who was in your yeah. series and we all know Michael and mm-hmm. they're all doing it for the fame and they're bringing their followers or whatever. Yeah. Then there's the whole thing of, oh, look, it's the lineup. We've got the original lineup. Look yeah. at them. They're all, they're, they've all got the Love Island body. They've all got the Love Island type. They've got the gift of gab. Yeah. They're doing it for the fame. Mm-hmm. But is that a bad thing? Because we're watching a TV show at the end of the day. We need to be entertained. Yeah, of course yes we want to see the love but we also want the drama as much the love
1: exactly we're watching it
2: nightly at nine o'clock every night for appointment to watch Mm -hmm. it's the only show as well the next day if you go into the office if you're not working from home it's that what we used to call the water cooler moment Mm. that there's always something to talk about
1: exactly i don't think it's a bad thing at all you know you've seen some people that have been on the show previously that have done some incredible things that maybe they wouldn't have quite got the chance to um and i you know i'm such confident girl and i believe in myself through and through and i feel like for years of me working and grafting doing my youtube you know like i'd go and do a full day's worth of dancing training my ass off and i'd come home and i'd take my makeup off i'd put it back on i'd get my filming set up you know and i've, I've i have really tried to put the graft in to then allow me to have an opportunity like love island um and i think i don't think it's a bad thing at all you know you can want something but you've got to have a plan and a step-by-step guide on how to get there and, you know, Love Island has been proven to give people that sort of, that that step up to maybe where they want to go, whether it's a podcast, whether it's TV, whether it's um, being an advocate for mental health or whatever it is that you want to do, it it gets your name out there. And it's not always necessarily about the fame because some people come out of love island and they 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 detach themselves from the love island situation and they detach themselves from the fame but i think there's nothing wrong with it being a springboard and it's given people the opportunity to go okay what what can i do now you know i've got people that are interested in me they're interested in what i like so let me try and do something to give the audience what they want to see and to feed what i love you know so I think it's, there's nothing wrong with it being a springboard. But I think if you're going on there with a game plan and you're not in there to find love at all, you're not in there to be an open book, that I'm not quite sure I get. But I think as long as you're open to finding somebody for the experience, to see what it's like, you know, because it's crazy. It's like a big social experiment in there. You don't know the concept of time. You don't know what day it is really unless you're keeping track. Um, I think, yeah, I think the whole, all of it, whether you use it for career purposes, An experience, finding love. I think there's nothing wrong with it being a springboard.
2: Did you think anyone had a game plan going in from your series?
1: Well, I think, like, to an extent, I think everybody did. You know, everybody knows that there are opportunities that come off the show, whether it's people wanting to know who you are, wanting to sign you deals here and there. You know, I think people aren't silly. This series, we were series eight at the end of the day. We've, we've watched people, even on series two, still remain in the public eye. You know, Cady McDermott, she's still in the public eye. She's still relevant to, you know, an extent. People still follow her and want to see what she's doing and buy into her products. So people do know what Love Island is about. And I don't really think, not... I don't know, not really. I don't think particularly like I'm going in game planned, not here to find love, not here for the experience, just career, career, career. But again, who knows? Maybe maybe people were in there. I'm sure there probably was, but I didn't really read that from anyone in particular. I
2: love it. I love it. Well, let's talk Love Island. Yeah. You entered day 12.
1: Yes, I did.
2: Obviously, you had the OG girls. Yes. When you're in holding, you obviously get asked each time. I'm sorry to talk for you, but I'll just say yes, it really so quick know, just to course, wrap yeah. it up. Um, you know, you in holding you do get asked each day who do you like who do you like who do you like mm-hmm. and they'll put you in in a certain place mm-hmm. why do you think they chose to put you in on day 12
1: if i'm honest i think the way i am as a person you know like everyone on love island saw the the raw side of me the really soft genuine side but you know i'm also you know that girl that puts people in their place like i don't like people that are rude to me or people that are maybe a little bit snide um and usually i'm quite you know fiery you know i'm quite let me let me tell you how it is we're not going to be like that in a nice way you know as you saw I'm a genuinely lovely girl but I do have that fiery side and I feel like they really loved it the producers I think they loved that side they thought oh this is going to be drama there's going to be tears going to be all sorts I think because of how confident I am I don't know where this confidence come from I just think for me maybe I have taken my childhood and gone do you know what If you don't want to know me, that's fine, because I'm going to make sure that you know who I am without having to, without getting to know me, if that makes sense. I've always said, my dad will never know me. He'll just see me one day and go, oh. And I'm like, yeah, see, I did it without you. I didn't need you. So I think they put me in when they did because of how confident I was. And I think, you know, I was confident I was going to turn heads and... I had Luca as my top pick. I also had Jax as number two. And I think Jay at the time, before the day before going in, that was my my top three. Um, I think, you know, they were all in secure couples. So, you know, Jay had just got with Ekin, Jackson and Paige, Luca and Gemma. So it was like, yeah, let's put her in. She's confident enough. She thinks she can bring the A game. Let's Let's put her in. And I think they did cast me as the ultimate bombshell, the one that goes in on their own, thinks you know that they can turn heads um obviously didn't quite work out that way but yeah I think that's why I went in when I did they wanted to you know throw a few bombshells in but then I think they waited for me to be the first proper female like you know because Ekin she was the ultimate bombshell you know Ekin was incredible but she was put in very early on when there wasn't really connections which I am quite surprised actually because Ekin would have turned heads (laughs) like she would have done but they left that sort of more down to me which
2: how did you find that responsibility because by that point Gemma And Luca were very serious and they were kind of like our golden couple on kind of day three because Gemma wasn't matched up with him originally. I think she was with Liam at the time. There's always that power couple for us until towards the end. It was basically Gemma and Luca for the win the whole way through. They were our Jack and Danny. They were our Kem and Amber of that year. You come in with confidence, Mm -hmm. you know, but, you know, and I'm liking it from a side of paranoia. How did you feel that? you'd kind of been given by the producers this task of you've basically got to break up our golden couple can i do it
1: i think for me like when watching the show Gemma and luke obviously they weren't paired up on day one and watching it because i watched episodes like
2: until you morning, just before you went in
1: yeah um jemma and luke had only really just got together they'd only just recoupled they'd only just got together so I know the public get very attached um, and I think maybe if I was a viewer watching it not obviously knowing I'm going on the show I probably would have been like oh Gemma and Luca but watching it I was like well it's literally I think I went in on day I think I was shown on episode 12 but I went in on day 11 and it was like they've literally only just I think it had maybe been five days of them being a thing and I thought yeah no problem Luca was my top pick so I sort of ran with it and when I was in there, the producers, you know, they did give me the the power to, you know, you can choose and you're you're having first pick. And it was my time to go, okay, well, you get one chance to sort of hopefully try and find that connection from the get-go. And Luca was the person that I thought, obviously at the time, that I'd be able to have that with. I didn't see them as the golden couple because I think, you know, Tasha and Andrew, they were still sort of going strong. I know Tasha had explored with Jay and Jax and even Luca, um, but they'd been coupled up from day one. So to me, as much as luca and gemma they were a thing i didn't really think gemma was that into him at the beginning and luca i don't know it was it to me it was it was crazy that on day 11 they were already so so close together which is absolutely fine but i thought yeah i'm going to go and do my thing
2: and in hindsight although you fancied luca then mm. looking back now would you have chosen luca knowing no. now what you know about him and how he acted during the series
1: no I think Lucas a great guy. I've got not a bad word to say about him. But I think for me, the moment that I chose him and the way he sort of handled it, I knew I'd made the wrong decision because I think for me personally, the way he handled me choosing him isn't really how I'd expect um, somebody that I wanted to pursue seriously to behave. And yeah, I don't have any regrets because I think things happen the way that they do. But yeah, no, I, I would not have. A
2: lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance, United Healthcare Tri-Term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Chosen
1: him in hindsight, and I'm not gonna lie, it was it was a toss-up between him and Jax. It really was. When I say it was fifty-fifty. It was, it was only after speaking to the producers. Um, I'm sure, well, they probably will mind me saying this, but I actually knew there was a recoupling that night. They told me and I had to lock in my answer. So when I was speaking to the producers, they didn't tell me what to do, but they sort of said, you know, who are you thinking? And I said, oh, you know, Jackson, Luca. And they said, they did say, look, we think potentially you'd maybe have more of a connection with Luca. Um, And Luca was my number one. So they were obviously going off what I'd already said. So they were like, look, you get one chance in here you might as well go for your top pick why wouldn't you go for your top pick and i was like yeah true in hindsight i would have changed but you know it made my journey the way it was so
2: <laughs> well i don't want to talk out of turn but you've called him a great guy yeah and i don't know too i'm only going by what i've seen yeah as a fan based on your upbringing based on the fact of how female-headed your family was Mm-mm. During the series, yeah. there were certain comments. And I hope this is okay to bring up. Luca asked. Uh, Lucas said things. Women's Aid came out and okay. said, uh, "Do you know about this?"
1: No, I don't. So no. they
2: basically came out with misogynistic claims from Luca about the way he spoke to certain people. There's a whole thing in the way he spoke to Tash during uh, Snog Mary Pie.
1: Yeah,
2: he's been under a lot of scrutiny. I think.
1: Yes, he has. Yeah,
2: um, misogyny, bullying, mm-hmm. those type of claims because of what you've been through as a child and the way you look at men around it's just interesting that you call luca a great guy still based on that
1: yeah i think for me because nothing was really personal towards me and when he was saying the things to tasha i think we all knew that it was he was taking it too far but in there you he was apologetic after he said the things if that makes sense so i think at the time what he said was, it was wrong. And I think he didn't maybe realise how emotionally invested Tasha was in the situation and just who she was as a person, you know, like she can take things to heart as much as she wants because that is who she is as an individual. And when Luca was being the way he was, we all were a bit like, "Mm." but then I think it was hard because not that people agreed with the way Luca behaved, but what he was sort of insinuating about like being upset with what the public thought, people did sort of agree, like, you know, like babes, you know, you've got Andrew, like, let's ignore the public. Ignore the public. They don't they they do matter but they don't matter, you know, as long as you're true to yourself. Um, I think Luca just went about it in a in maybe the incorrect way, to the point where it did come across as bullying. But in the villa he was very quick to, you know, Gemma was great at, you know, saying to Luca, you don't need to speak to her like that. Like Gemma really did put him in his place. And she was the one that sort of said, you know, think of it from Tasha's point of view. And he would always apologise. And that's why, you know, they're on a day out together today. You know, Tasha, Andrew, Gemma, Luca, they're all out together. So I think in there, if you got to see it all, you would see that he kind of did try and redeem himself. I wasn't really that close to Luca, so I, I, I can sit here and say he's a great guy because the conversation, the few conversations we had one-on-one, he was he was sound to me. I've not watched all the episodes back, so I don't know what was actually shown with the Tasha situation and obviously other comments, but obviously the other comments I'm I'm actually unaware of, so.
2: Well, it's very much, it was a couple of years ago actually when Adam Collard was on your series, actually, it was with Rosie Williams a couple of years ago and there was mm. a lot about gaslighting then, if you remember.
1: Yes. And then yeah.
2: it, went fine the next couple of series but then this series it just seems to be that the way it's been reflected on was gaslighting, misogyny, bullying and that's kind of the three takeaways everyone I think's taken away from this series.
1: Do you know what I I think for me because I was in I had such a crazy journey in there I think I was so focused on my journey that maybe I sort of failed to see maybe what was happening in front of my eyes. So obviously as a as a viewer watching it and obviously women's aid and everything that I've had comments to say about maybe Luca's behaviour, maybe they saw things that I didn't see because I was so maybe wrapped up in my own situation because obviously I, I find it not hard in there, but when you haven't got somebody, it's a very lonely place. You know, you haven't got a couple in there. People aren't wanting to get to know me. I think I was so in my own headspace that maybe I didn't quite maybe see how maybe wrong it was for them to be the way they were to Tasha. Um but all I know is that when things did happen, things got resolved. And that's why they've all come out and other than Jack's, Tasha is, you know, she's okay with Luca. She's okay with Dammy. You know, they all had things to say, but they people say things in the moment and I think it's it's important not to hold that against somebody because I don't think Luca's a bad person. Because he was he he always apologised for what he said. If that makes sense.
2: Oh but then it's 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 very hard being a reality star in the Mm. in this era of social media. Obviously that's what happened to him during the show, but then, you know, Jax came out a couple of weeks ago and apologised for the way he'd acted. Yeah. And, you know, there's the authenticity there of, well, you've come out to be this big person about mental health, but Mm. now you're coming out to apologize because you're now being horrible to people on TikTok.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that side is it is quite hard to get your head round because it's like, yes, be an advocate for mental health, but have you been the correct advocate. Do you know what I mean? I have seen little bits, there was obviously I think the Jacks and Remy situation. I wasn't even in the villa at this point when things kicked off and it's not really my place to comment. I don't know sort of what did go on, but all I know is you can't deny somebody's feelings and if Remy feels that he's been bullied and he feels like he wants justice for the way he was treated in there then I don't think he's wrong for saying that because again, it's a human emotion. If that's how he felt, then it should be looked into. So then it is hard because it's like if you've made somebody feel that way to the point where they they strongly want the justice and the recognition that they were made to feel that kind of way in the villa, then being a mental health advocate, it is it's 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 I don't know, it's hard. I, I don't even I, I don't even know how you navigate around a situation like that because I think Jax, you know, he's openly admitted he's got ADHD. I do think Jack's emotionally in there has got a lot of emotional maturity when there were situations between maybe me and him where he'd maybe say things and I'd take it the wrong way once he understood that it had upset me he'd always be that person to be like oh like I'm so sorry you know he was very understanding about situations so I don't think it's wrong that he's trying to advocate adv- be an advocate for mental health but I also think it is it's it's a hard one because it's like well you've got someone here saying that you bullied like he he was bullied, but then you're trying to be an advocate for mental health, so it's like I don't I don't know. But I wasn't in there, so I don't know if that if that is true, you know, is is that situation deep as it was or has it been misconstrued? I think what it is is not that Jax can't be an advocate for mental health, but maybe like I think he is, taking time to reflect on maybe how he has made somebody feel. Even if he doesn't agree or understand maybe why Remy is feeling the way he is, I think it's important to maybe just take time to really understand and reflect on why that person has felt the way they have because it is true you know it's like when people say about like bullying and things like that if you can sit there and be like oh you know I suffer with mental health but then you've been a bully it's like you will you need to I'm not saying you can't suffer with mental health but you need to maybe reevaluate, maybe why and dig deeper as to why you you are the way you are I think everything comes down to sort of like childhood the way you've been brought up things that you've been through mental health is a really tricky one I think Yeah, well, bullies—bullies normally
2: have been bullied themselves, and it's a version of catharsis to let out that anger because you've built up in yourself, and you've got to release. And sometimes it's against a physical thing; sometimes it's substance abuse, yeah, and other times it's about another person.
1: Exactly, yeah. So I think who knows? Maybe Jack's being the way that he has been has potentially come down to maybe his upbringing, what he's been through, Uh, maybe struggling with ADHD, and sort of not being able to sort of control his emotions so then maybe he says things and behaves certain ways towards people that maybe he doesn't realise is going to affect that person that way which might be the, the situation with Remy but like I said I wasn't in the villa at the time so I don't actually know sort of what was said and was it was it malicious was it nasty was it bullying but like I said you can't deny if Remy feels that way that he you know he like you said he feels like he shouldn't be an advocate for mental health because he didn't create a safe space for him and he was made to feel a certain way that he shouldn't have been made to feel. I think it, it is a tricky one. Mental health and being an advocate for mental health is, is a tricky one.
2: It's very hard as well because you could have affected someone mm-hmm. and your paranoia makes you think you've literally, the world's going to end. Let's yeah. say you've upset someone and they've yeah. blocked you, right? they've blocked you they've dealt with it right mm-hmm. but you've not dealt with it and you've never had that closure and i think i used to use this buzzword all the time closure mm-hmm. if you haven't got that closure it's really hard to know yeah have you got it and let's say you want to advocate mental health and you're like but i want to make it for like that person i just don't know how i think there's yeah. something about having closure and we we know how to talk out now mm-hmm. and say i'm in pain yeah. i feel lonely i feel this but i think we haven't learned yet how to speak out about mental health and say i wronged you please can i apologize to you please accept my apology even
1: of course i think that you yeah you've you've summed that up correctly you know you you can be a mental health advocate because you sort of grow through what you go through so i don't think it's fair to sort of put somebody in a box and say well you were like this once and you made somebody feel like that so now you can't be that person that goes actually i want to be an advocate for mental health you know i suffer and i've got this and i want to make the world a better place i think yeah In this situation with, you know, Jax, Luca, all of this, I think it's all about just taking a step back, trying to sort of make peace with what has happened and the way people have maybe felt and been left and moving on from that and going, okay, well, I've apologised for this. I've taken time away. Now I'm going to concentrate on trying to be that better person. And I think that is what happens usually with bullies, you know, like bullying, it happens usually because they've had traumatic experience themselves or childhood or they've they've got reasons for being the way that they are being nasty lashing out being a certain way and usually they'll get over that and then they'll take time for themselves and they'll look back and they'll be like oh that was so wrong of me. But then it's you can't you can't judge them. You can't hold it against that person because they've taken the time to reflect and realise that what they did was wrong. So I think, yeah, in the Jax Remy situation, I I don't think it's bad that Jax wants to be a mental health advocate. I just think he needs to just take time to maybe really understand how maybe Remy was made to feel. Do you know what I mean?
2: Well let's talk about your mental health. Yeah being in the villa you went for a couple of relationships i did yeah and there was a lot of time when you didn't have someone
1: mm-hmm.
2: you also came in not as an og and mm-hmm. again rumors what i've heard as a fan of the show and what i've read is that the ogs weren't as welcoming to new girls as maybe they could have been you know yeah. we're all in the same experience together how did you find that journey mentally going through trying to be one of the girls girls coming through and watching everyone in love and yet you're the only person who's not found someone
1: it was it was hard you know it really was and i think because of what i've been through in my life it's kind of just i don't know it's just it's given me like this extra thicker skin to kind of just take it on the on on the chin i'm kind of like nothing can really affect me because i've already feel like i've gone through the worst and it's when i was in there it's like Yeah, I feel like people weren't that warm to me, even the boys, you know, I always said, you know, even if the girl because girls will always be standoffish, you know, if you're coming after their men and, you know, like another pretty girl comes in and it's like it sort of brings out maybe slight insecurities like, oh, she looks like this, you know, but I think even the boys were quite standoffish with me. And it was lonely in there at times, because even if you maybe wanted to speak out about certain people's behaviours. I couldn't because I didn't have anyone to have my back. Nobody would have had my back. You know, if I spoke up about certain things, you know, I have mentioned that when there was the time where I was in the bottom with Antigone and Tasha and I was saved over Antigone, I did mention on a podcast that I wish I'd maybe express how certain looks and certain comments made me feel at the time. And like I have said, and I will reiterate, they have been and gone. Me and Paige, for example, the the, the girl that I did mention in the podcast, we are fine. There is no bad blood. But I think at the time, I wish I had said something because it, it wasn't nice. And the only reason I didn't say anything is because the girls didn't really have my back, but neither did the boys. And I didn't have that safe place to kind of be like, oh, this is how I feel. I didn't have anyone to unload off to. So I think if I wasn't as confident as I am and I maybe hadn't been through things in life that I had, I think I would have crumbled 100%. And it is sad. When I watch it back, I do feel sad for me because I really did feel quite alone. And it's, watching it back, it re, it, it sort of reiterates that what I felt in there was was correct. I actually really was alone at the beginning. I didn't have anybody. And it was only really until I'd probably say... Four days, a week—I'd say a week and a half—in four days before Casper where I actually felt okay. No, I'm making friendships now. You know, I'm starting to feel a bit more comfortable. Casper happened. Obviously, I brought Josh back. That's when I started to feel more okay. This is my Love Island journey starting now. It was hard, and I just—I feel like the only thing I can say to people out there is just remember who you are when you're when when you're in that scenario or you're in any situation where you feel like people aren't there for you, you're feeling rejected. Remember who you are. Remember that you're. You're beautiful, you're special, and nobody can take that away from you. Ignore what people have to say. Ignore the fact that people don't want to be warm to you or get to know you. Because as long as you know who you are yourself, people will eventually see who you really are. And people did. You know, eventually people warmed to me. So I just remained faithful that people would warm to me eventually. <laughs>
2: Oh, people did want you. We yeah. loved you. Absolutely loved you. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, Josh was on my podcast so yes. a couple of weeks ago. And he said that when he was in Casa, he, uh, you had to refilm a scene where you had that big kiss. You know, the big famous kiss under the yes. uh, Casa More sign.
1: Yeah.
2: But when it's coming to you and your confidence and you're trying to find something, you've got all producers around you and, mm. you know, you're being told, like you said with Luca, you know, go to Luca. Um, mentally, how did you deal with the setup of it as a TV show when you at heart were looking for that love and you thought well josh you are the one i'm bringing you back to the main villa and you're like well hold on a minute you know how much is tv and how much is this real this is my real emotions we're actually playing with it at the end of the day
1: yeah i think for me in casa because i had the two weeks prior where i hadn't found anybody i was just almost like a lovesick puppy and i was just like oh so like i think and the producer saw that and i think The producers never really pushed me to do anything because I was obviously quite interested in Josh. So I was just taking the way he was with me and just running with it. I didn't really think about maybe what the producer were telling Josh to do. So me and Josh have spoken and he said he was very much interested in me, but he also wanted to do it at his own pace. And as for like the kiss and everything, it was sort of pushed on him and sort of suggested that maybe you should do it now. You've not got a lot of time, you need to act now. And... Obviously that it's not really what you want to hear because it's like, so was you genuine? Was things, you know, as as good as they were at the time. But I think for me in there, the producers weren't really pushing me because they could see how sort of how much I wanted just to find somebody and have that connection in there. And it's not that I was like, oh, you know, I was so desperate to find love because, you know, I'm I'm 21, you know, I'm sure if I, you know, not finding love in the villa at that moment of time. Do you know what I mean? Eventually, I found Jamie, but in that moment, it was like it's not the be all or end all. But I think in that environment, when you don't have somebody, you do want that support from that partner, as I saw everyone else had. You know, Tasha had Andrew, and Gemma had Luca, and I think I was just so open to trying to find a connection that I didn't really, I didn't really see the producers pushing it.
2: Well, look. You mentioned Jamie. Yes. Let's talk about him.
1: Yeah, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: it's I promoted that you're coming on the podcast a couple of days yeah. ago. Yeah. Oh. Oh my God, the comments Was I've had it? about you and Jamie. Are you together? Yeah. And then it's like the the, the press a picture of you two hand in hand walking down. Well, are they together? Are they really together? What's going on? It's been five weeks. Are you official? Are you exclusive? What's going on with Jamie now?
1: No. So the things with me and Jamie, I'm trying to think. We've only really been seen each other coming up to four weeks so it's still very early days you know we only had six days in the main villa together i think we both really like each other we're very compatible he just gets me he lets me be me which is all anyone can ask for and i feel he likes me for me and you know it's vice versa it's very much reciprocated i just like jamie for who he is you know he's a very genuinely nice guy he's always looking out for me he's always my little hype man so yeah things are going good but people are just crazy you know like I won't be with him at an event and people are like, oh, they're not together. And it's like, but we've got our own lives. You know, Jamie lives up near Manchester area in Preston. You know, I'm in the Midlands. We're two and a half hours away from each other anyway. Never mind me. You know, I was on the show a lot longer. So I've got a couple of bits here and there. You know, I've got a management that I've got jobs coming through. So I've got to kind of do my thing. And Jamie's also got to do his thing, you know, with his football and obviously catch up with friends and family. So it is quite hard sometimes to navigate time together. Um, But yeah, it's crazy. People are just like, oh, you're not together. But I think what we have is is really good at the moment. And I don't want it to go any faster. I don't want it to go any slower. I think the pace that we're at is good for us because we need to date. You know, on Love Island, you don't get to date. You don't get to just go, oh, we're going to go out for a date night tonight. You're put together and you have to deal with each other and everyone's emotions and other people and it's it's time to strip it back and go back to dating as we would on the outside. And we're only on like date, like three. So yeah, but if it carries on, then yeah, absolutely. We're going to be, we're going to be fine. And I
2: always <laughs> say, I need to see the girl on the night, have the date, but also know that we can still talk for next day and we've still got all that conversation. Of course you do. Rather than being, you know, let's go have girl chat, boy chat, you know, you need to know that. But with the distance of uh, time and yeah. space, Do you see longevity? Do you see this could go the full whack and we can have a long distance relationship?
1: Yeah, I definitely do. You know, like I mentioned earlier on, I was in a long term relationship before going on to Love Island. Obviously, I'd been split up for a year, but it was a long term relationship. So I'm I'm used to having, you know, that one person that I sort of have everything with and somebody to build a life with. And that is what I do want. Ultimately, you know, I know I'm young and people sometimes find it hard to believe, but... That is what I, I am looking mature. for. You had to
2: go out quickly. You are mature. This
1: is the thing, you know, with what I've been through, I kind of have had to be, you know, more mature than p- potentially other 21-year-olds out there. So I am looking for that person, that one person. And I do think with all the attributes that Jamie has, I definitely could see that having longevity. Definitely.
2: So do you not want to put an exclusive label on it yet? Even I though it's think only we, been three days?
1: I would say we probably kind of... We kind of are exclusive. We've not really spoken about it, but you know, we are we're in the public eye at the moment. People are seeing what we're doing. We are dating. People know that. You know, I think we're being pictured together. I think that is pretty exclusive. It's not on the down low. It's just we're not together all the time to be posting all these pictures on Instagram and TikToks and, you know. No, but
2: exclusive means that you're not talking to anyone else and he's not talking to anyone else. Yeah, I don't think
1: any of us are. I mean, I'm not talking to anybody else, so I, I don't know if he is. We've just not really spoken about it, but as far as I'm aware, I would say we do have the exclusive label. And that's just amazing. Not... Got that trust? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't feel like I need to question if he's talking to other women because I would assume and hope that he's not. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah
2: final question for you Danika everyone who comes on this podcast gives me a good juicy secret to Love Island something that I don't know already
1: okay what do you already know
2: more or less everything I was
1: gonna say yeah I bet people (laughs) so
2: I know a lot so this is why it's a really hard question
1: um so I feel like this is being quite common knowledge on it, on TikTok at the moment. People have started to sort of click on, you know, it's series eight of Love Island. People are starting to click on to like the little things that they do. You know, people aren't stupid when there comes to a recoupling or a dumping. There's always a certain order people sit in. There's always a certain, you know, who gets to pick first. They all they choose that, you know, like even the time when I was coupled up with Billy, people have said to me, like, Why did you give Billy the time of day? And it's like, it's it wasn't down to me. I was single, there was Billy and Deji in there. Who got to pick first? It was Billy. Billy chose me. If Deji picked first and picked me, I'd have been called up with Deji. So it wasn't, it was out of my hands. You know, the producers will, I think there's a misconception that they make us do things or say things. It is very real in there, but obviously it's a TV show, so there's going to be certain things that they may be. You know, just how I did with Recovered with Luca, I got first pick because I was the one that was going to cause the most drama. It was actually the time me and Jamie got dumped from the island and I'd started to click on that I saw that every time somebody was being dumped from the island, they were always stood in the middle. And I'd mentioned it a couple of times to like India and Jamie and sort of expressed my theory of that the person stood in the middle was always the one to go home. Or in mine and Jamie's case, it was one of those things where Anytime anyone was stood in the middle, you always knew that that person was going home. Other than the time, me and Jamie were in the bottom and they read out a text that said there's only going to be one couple saved. And there was two couples either side, me and Jamie. So then in my head, I was like, oh, so me and Jamie are going to be safe. I would kind of clicked on to the fact that basically if you're in the middle, you're either going home or if it's like a double elimination, you'll be safe. Because I don't know. I don't know if it's camera shots. I don't know why they do it, but they seem to put people in the middle Um, it's like when Josh and Coco went home, I knew Josh was going home because he was stood in the middle and I was like looking and I was like, wait, hang on, is Josh going home? Josh is going home, He stood in the middle. Like it just, so I clicked on, I'd made light of that by talking to people in the villa so we're mic 24-7, very silly of me and the night me and Jamie got dumped, they actually didn't put us in the middle. They actually, on the outside, one of the producers that was waiting on the outside for us actually said to the chaperone that had us in the quarantine villa, they're going to think it's Damien India because they're the ones in the middle. Um, so they basically beat me at my own game because ah. I had let loose to everybody that I was onto them and I knew that they were putting people in the middle and sending them home, basically. I love it. Um. So, yeah, they basically thought, well, we're going to gonna stitch you right up, going to make you think you're not going home and dump your ass on the And river. they did. And they did, but, yeah.
2: So what's next? Obviously... TV-wise, uh, Dancing Lights is January. Is it okay? Yeah. yeah, They're gonna, well, they're gonna be announcing their lineup in a couple of weeks' time. Oh, okay. They always take a Love Islander. So they've had Maura and Kem. Oh and
1: yeah, Wears. yeah, Liberty There's, and Liberty. Yeah. There's someone
2: who was in the villa this year who could dance.
1: Yeah. That's you. Yeah, I mean. Have I've you had these not... conversations? Not yet. I've not heard of anything, obviously, if they're going to be like, I don't know how far in advance they take people on. So I don't know if I've missed the boat this year. It is something that I'd be very much interested in doing. I think it's always hard because I want to not keep suspense. But obviously, if I'm just like, I want to do this, I feel like people are going to run with it and people are going to assume that I'm doing it. That's not the case. It's not even really been in conversation just yet. Um, but it is something that I would be very much interested in doing um so who knows watch this space watch this space absolutely yeah
2: oh danica taylor on security it's got absolutely loved her. i always love meeting someone he's a celebrity he's been on a show like love island but can go away from that and just talk from the heart and they can be on a mental health journey and they can actually just reflect and be the introvert because Mm -hmm. we all know you as the extrovert but I wanted to meet the introvert and I got that from you and looking at you face to face and looking into your eyes a lot of the time and just seeing the way your mind works there is so many more conversations we need to have than and we will do (laughs) I promise you we are going to have so many more conversations Um, but that's it that's it for Secure the Insecure this week did you enjoy your Secure the Insecure experience?
1: I absolutely did I feel like there's a lot to sort of try and unload when it's down to mental health and obviously when you've been through quite a lot in life it's like oh um, but yeah it's been incredible thank you for sort of letting me open up and even if it didn't come out you know pitch perfect you know this is me and I'm a real human have real emotion I've been through a lot for my age so yeah it's just nice to sort of just maybe give people an insight to maybe why I am the way I am and well just, exactly
2: and yeah. you've had your free therapy session and uh, oh, that's a shame I could have charged you for that <laughs> <laughs> this is secure the if you've enjoyed it as much as danika has please do if you're listening on itunes give it a five-star rating and leave a review and on spotify leave a five-star rating and then head over to instagram at secure the insecure podcast at johnny super where you can find me Danique, where can they find you
1: they can find me on instagram at underscore danika taylor they can find me on youtube which is just danika taylor and my tiktok which is at danika taylor
2: six I'm on TikTok at Johnny 92 where there'll be a nice little teaser of this episode. So go and check us all out. Follow us on all of that, because we love following. We love that doping in hit. Yeah. You get a new follow, you get a new view, you get a new like.
1: Absolutely. Light. Yeah, keep it going. Keep, keep it going. It going.
2: <laughs> I've been Johnny Sefer Thank you so much for listening to you, the Insecure. Until next time, thank you and goodbye.